welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Dan Coburn. And today's episode is brought to you by... Those hating ass, clout-chasing reindeer who didn't believe in Rudolph's vision until he got the co-sign from Santa. And then as soon as Santa gets on board, they're all like, Rudolph, I've been with you the whole time. Rudolph, now we all love you. You're going to go down in history. You're going to be famous because Santa fucks with the vision. Those reindeer are fake friends. Yep. No real friends. No new friends. No new friends. (laughs) No, no, no. No, 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 no. I just realized that today. I realized what a like toxic song that is. And how... Like, but it, it's so cheerful that it's like, oh, look, this is a good outcome for Rudolph. And yeah. really, it's like, no, you got snakes in the grass, Rudolph. Yep. These people do not fuck with the vision. Shine some light. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm honestly, I hope Rudolph's doing all right. And I hope he's still eating with the ones that he came up with. Yep. Anyway. But Rudolph. you know he's changed. No, he's definitely changed. It's all Donner and Blitzen and Dasher now. And they're like, you know, Donner got him into Coke. You know, (laughs) it's a whole situation. (laughs) Blitzen got him blitzed. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Fame comes on fast for a young reindeer. Daniel, you're dropping nuggets, man. You're dropping nugs, bro. Yeah, dude. You got to. Um, yeah, dude. Little I, reindeer I pellets. I cannot explain where that thought came to me today. Mm. Like, I was just sitting there, like, finishing up the roof data form, you know, just the roof figuring out form. why this one test is failing in CI, but not mm. locally. Just, mm. you know, just another day. Another, another day, another day dollar. And I'm like, those reindeer suck, dude. Rudolph got the short end of that stick. Did you hear the song on the radio or were you just humming no, the tune? Doug, just... it's, it's February. No. First of all, right. radio. I don't know. What, Second of all. I've never no, heard it, a radio either. I just, it, it just came like, to me. Boom. It just <laughs> popped into my brain. I was like, yo, screw those reindeer. I get it, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's, anyway. I, I saw your, you tweeted something, um, the, you, you were radicalized by, um, the Rugrats. Rugrats. <laughs> that was also very good. Are those direct quotes from the Rugrats? Yeah, I didn't make that meme. I just stole and reposted that meme. But yeah, those are Rugrats quotes. Oh, so funny to the listener. Yeah. Uh, you'll just have to go dig on Twitter. You just go go follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, but anyway, there's a there's a lot there for in the Rudolph story. I think. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I, I should take more critical looks at you know cartoons yeah basically See, okay this is interesting this is interesting Caleb. you and charlotte both assume that this is about the cartoon but it's about the song for me hmm. i have never seen the cartoon okay. i have it's like stop motion or something according to charlotte oh uh to be fair i wasn't connecting the two i was saying cartoons because we went to the rugrats oh, because of rugrats but i'm with it keep going um anyway charlotte was like I was like, uh, I hope Rudolph is like still like with his like original friends, you know, yeah. and that like he brought them up with him and stuff. Right. And then right. Charlotte was like, he doesn't have any friends. 
he never had friends. His only friends are his new friends. And then she was like, well, actually, there was that elf. And I was like, what elf? What is, there's no elf Wait, in Hermie? the song. I don't know. But apparently in the, in the non-canon fan fiction TV show right. based on the song, uh, there's like all these side characters. And I think that that's just like a bunch of people trying to like justify that they hated oh, Rudy, to like Rudolph dress the up the yeah yeah the yeah, naked yeah, yeah. like classism right of the reindeers um yeah they were pretty stuck up in the in the show as well I haven't seen the show I couldn't tell you um is it like a after school special type of deal I don't know what that is <laughs> what an after school special is yeah like Charlie Brown's Christmas is an after yeah, school yeah. special it's it's something yeah. like that like um. I, I lose track of them all. Like, I mm-hmm. actually know them pretty well, but they all mush together to me. Like, I feel like, like does Rudolph have the warlock? Or <laughs> it's just like Rudolph. Like, you don't know the winter warlock? Come on, man. <laughs> no, dude. The magic corn things that TV. make the the reindeer fly? It's gotta be. That's That would make a lot of sense. Reindeer flying. Yeah. Rudolph the, with I the nose. They've... Winter warlock. Mm-hmm. Gotta be. Wow. Gotta be. Maybe Rudolph is like the one because there's uh-huh. also the St. Nick one, the the Kris Kringle one where, you know, he falls in love with the girl and they have that whole like LSD trip midway through. They do. They do. I don't know about any of these. Christmas specials are not in my bag of tricks. That's crazy, dude. I know. The I'm song. surprised you grew up in Japan, but still, man. Like, Yeah, well, we didn't have like TV, you know, or like American TV. Yeah, so, I don't know. I I don't. I mean, you didn't have the VHSs from your parents. No. Come on. Did you have V? Did you have? Yeah, these we had VH- on VHS. Oh, all of them. Yeah. Interesting. For sure. Huh. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. These were like tradition for me. Like we we watched these every year. I like that we're doing our Christmas episode in February. That's important. <laughs> That's important. Um. But yeah. 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 But no, dude, you should watch it sometime. It's a classic. Um. I will. I'll watch it next Christmas. Caleb, did you listen to the DHH episode of Full Stack Radio? Uh, a good portion of it. Maybe okay, half. yeah, I'm halfway through it right now. I've been okay. listening to it like every time I go outside. Yep. Um, so anyway, there's a few things that DHH said mm-hmm. in there that I want to interrogate. And one Ooh. of them, he says, so they're talking about, they're comparing like the sort of React thing the React world's approach to this to like kind of the base camp approach to this, right? And he says like, yeah, we're all trying to, or Adam's like, everyone's trying to solve the same problem. And DHH is like, yeah, well, I was about to say we're all just trying to make building web apps easier, but I don't actually think that's true. Um, DHH said he doesn't think that's true? He doesn't think that's true. Okay. He said, what I do think is true is we're all trying to build good web apps. Yeah. And what you prioritize along that path is different for different people. For sure. Um, and he says, whether that is developer happiness or team size or whatever. Yeah. And I am really interested in the idea of like prioritizing team size in framework development. Like that's okay. a very interesting, like, and he, it was a throwaway thing. He said nothing more about it. He didn't talk at all about like what levers you would pull to affect team size in what directions. Yeah. Right? He just says, or team size, or like as though that's a thing that like we all know about. Is that a thing that we all know about? Um, so I might need you to re to restate that, but 
when you said that, I was picturing that DHH is saying um, different teams have different projects have different priorities and they pursue different technologies because of it. Some people it's developer happiness. Some people are pursuing things that are more conducive to big teams or yeah, to big teams where a lot of collaboration is needed. And that might be his, like his way of saying like, some people think microservices are good because mm-hmm. you can work across, cause you can collaborate across teams. Maybe that's what he's saying. The, the way I initially read into it was that like some frameworks prioritize being able to build a good web app with a small team right yeah which is an interesting thing i mean isn't that the whole i feel like like that's more monolith style is that like sure the more monolithic you make things the the more conducive it is to like a solo developer or a smaller team 100 yeah i think and then i think the other thing that like i read into that was like the the flatter the tech stack is um, the more capable like a single developer or a few full stack developers are yeah. of like holding the entire thing in their head. Sure. As opposed to having specialist developers who do back end and front end, you know? Yep. Anyway, uh, I was just listening to that right before we got on. And uh, that was a, that was a thought I had. It was just interesting. like, it's interesting to think about like, like you make a framework. Um, do you think when you're making your framework about like, is this frame what like is this framework tailored to a specific team size you know no, no definitely not yeah it's like a weird thing to think about although it does have sort of natural consequences like like i would say your frameworks are like designed well for small teams i have no yeah. idea if any large teams have even tried to use them yeah i didn't do any of you know i wasn't intentional about thinking about team size i just like small teams so Mm -hmm. all of my tools are in line with small team uh workflows yeah yeah um but i mean you can use them in a big team i don't see there's no reason you couldn't why not why not um you could you know i mean if you yeah like you could have one team on like alpine blade components Mm-hmm. Like totally front end focused stuff, and then another. T- I don't know. No, I don't know. I think the like like live wire is meant for. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't have a good answer, but hmm. it's an interesting point. Interesting hmm. thought. Thoughts, Magat. That's he's got, got. He's got some good rants in that episode. Oh yeah, you know, he's good. He he takes like you just like um. It doesn't take very much to send him off on a on a giant like did you soapbox speech about you know web development and values right, and right. i don't agree with everything he says and i also don't agree i agree with a lot of his his spiels but i don't always agree where he lands with them um, mm-hmm. but they're great spiels did you see the and i mostly um, agree with them did you see the one that uh that i tweeted i don't know the quote from him so <laughs> here, here's my tweet so dhh says we must continually continually apply these conceptual compressions where we fix oh. these things that are needlessly complicated and not benefiting developers in a, any meaningful way. Right? And yep. then I right did see that, your tweet and I need I'm really excited to hear you explain it cuz I was confused by what you said. Go on. And right under that I say dom no good reasons or dom no good no reasons. I don't get it, right? I so read what, it a couple what times. What he's saying is it. like so there are these he so he says concept uh, this is another 
thing where he says conceptual compressions like that's a phrase that we're all familiar with i think yes i get it i get you, it if you he doesn't if you listen to him it. yeah yeah, yeah. he like assumes everybody knows it because but it's his thing like he's yeah, yeah yeah um so basically he's saying these conceptual it's like com- i'm sorry but Go ahead. i imagine in his mind it's like oh convention over configuration like i started that thing and you know i at least championed it and now i can just say it and right. I think it's the yeah. same thing with conceptual compression is he's like, that's another core philosophy of rails. I say it, people get it. Yep. Go on. Um, but anyway, he, so the, the whole thing here is like, we need to fix these things that are needlessly complicated and not benefiting developers in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's the whole question of when we're saying like, when we're talking about like, is something bad for a reason or is something bad for no reason? Right. Like, Mm-hmm. Okay. When we're, when when something is bad for a reason, it's because it's benefiting developers in a meaningful way for it to be the way that it is, okay. which feels like it's bad to us because you know whatever. Okay. Um, but these things that are needlessly complicated and not benefiting developers in any meaningful way are the things that are bad no reason, mm-hmm. as opposed to the things that are bad reasons. Okay. Um, and so anyway, that's just like so you just like made the mental mapping of like the why dom no good but you expounding on why dom no good with this like why dom no good no reason why dom yeah yeah so like no my good. thing is like i don't think that like dom being no good is benefiting developers in any meaningful way right right like i think it's just an accident of history and of like mm-hmm. failed collaboration between big companies to make dom good right and like no one has prioritized making dom good um and so because of that dom is just bad but Dom bad no reason, right? There's no there's no reason that Dom needs to stay bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not benefiting developers <laughs> in any meaningful way. Seems like there's a conceptual compression we could apply. Um, that's really funny. Uh, I mean, we there's so many different forks here because I sort of fundamentally disagree with you on why. Yeah, you Dom think no Dom's good. good now? You've you've become a student of the dark arts. But I understand. I mean, I understand it like uh, like PHP carries mm-hmm. all this baggage mm-hmm. because like, yeah, it's actually very much like php it is right like there's all these um there's all these methods that are bad <laughs> right like yes. there's like this api the main... there's yeah, this like yeah. leftover api of like badness um yep. right like there's nothing wrong with php's array merge recursive function mm-hmm. right or there's nothing wrong with like array get or any of these array functions that have like the weird. No, the real bummer is URL encode has no underscore, but base64 encode does have an underscore. Yeah. Stuff like this, right? So just like go take a hike, PHP. Yeah. Um, and there's equivalents and like, in JavaScript. The DOM has a lot of that type of vibe too, where it's like, what is this? What is this terrible like method that exists here? You know? Yeah, sure. I get, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, or things like um, I might be wrong. Like some some things, you don't really always know what's going to be a property and what's going to be a method when you're working with the DOM. Sure. Trying to think but of I a mean, good like, example. Why can't we just have like a DOM query object, right? So like we have all of these many many methods for pulling a, an object oh, out sure. of the DOM, a node, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. Why can't we have a DOM query that we can do things to? What are you talking like about? A good API right like a query language for the dom or just like a query builder object you know 
Oh, you're like in a like beyond query selector. You want to be able to say like, like what do you design it for? So me. Right, right. So like imagine like so right now the API for like getting stuff out of the DOM is basically split across a bunch of like top level methods on document, right? Yep. So you have like document get method or get whatever by ID, right? Yeah. Um, and then you've got like get by you can get by class name, you can get by query selector, you can get by you know, mm-hmm. and they all like work differently and whatever. Um, but like, ultimately, like to me, it feels like, okay, well you have this like giant object full of nodes, right? Yep. That is, you have this tree, right? And like, I feel like I should be able to just like fluently chain on limitations Mm. until I end up with the thing that I want. Like filter by, and then you pass Uh in like a tag name. So like now you filtered all the divs. Yeah, or like just like document dot children like, of yeah document dot query dot class and then pass in a class name dot uh ch- child of what you know and like the problem is that's what the selectors are that CSS selectors are the query language that sure. are flexible enough to do everything you want to do that you're what describing. What if you don't want to do something by like you know in that way? Like to me, it's like, like it just feels like. Oh, I understand. Like, it feels like you're kind of patching on this really weird API of like, like the this special string encoding stuff, like the dot dot notation for classes and hash notation for IDs and stuff. Like, why should that exist in JavaScript? I totally disagree with you. I think that I mean I think maybe if I think JavaScript embracing the CSS selector as like a global, this is how you target an element mm-hmm. is amazing hmm. because we're writing CSS. I mean, come on, come on, Daniel query Who's selector. CSS. When's the last time you wrote CSS? I write CSS all the time. Do you? I do. What, what, uh, what's a CSS rule you wrote recently? Um, I mean, the uh, X cloak. I was working on Xcloak and live. Yeah, but like you, stock you write stuff, a framework, but... right? Yeah, but hold on. No, let me defend myself. Let me. I let haven't me... written a CSS selector in a year. Um. So let's think about this. Yeah. Okay. So in the world where you where you're saying like you're only using Tailwind or something like mm-hmm. that, I don't know. Like CSS and JS people, they use CSS all the time. Yeah, but those people are gonna learn later. Agreed. That that's a bad idea. Agreed. Um. So you're using <laughs> Tailwind. And you're not using uh, CSS selectors, so the whole dot thing feels weird to you. Mm-hmm. So you want to well, just not, have like Well, it's not like just a... that it feels weird to me. It, it's like it is hidden syntax, right? Yeah, like you're never writing dot this. You are when you're writing a CSS selector, but you're saying that's out of bounds. Well, I'm just yeah, saying like know, if, if I'm designing JavaScript, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and I'm interacting with the DOM, like to me, CSS should is a layer on top of the DOM that makes it look good right yeah like and so you should just design the dom with the dom and the stuff that the dom already has right so i feel like css should be irrelevant to the design of javascript's dom interactions i don't know bro i'm having a hard time getting with it and i'm not i'm feeling like i'm feeling like maybe you should pick another fight besides query selector because that's universally adored if if your reason for why Dom no good is query selector, I think your whole campaign. I wouldn't is say doomed. that's my reason, but I I just think that's an example of a place where we could get a much friendlier API. I I'm not saying you can like at you, all. I'm not saying you should like get rid of query selector, but I'm saying like what if you want to do query selector right, and then also uh 
I don't know, like what what if you want to write that query in a way that doesn't require you to like do like, you know, hash this plus dot this angle bracket, you know, bracket. I mean, you could this. design a fluent chain to do that. Yeah. But it would be difficult. And it would be just you would just have to know words, method words instead, which you could do you should build it. You should build it and see if you like it and then call it um call it Daniel's call it Dom Good. Mm-hmm. But that's the whole thing, right? It's like there's already like there's plenty of good ways to like like jQuery was really good at like selecting things, right? Um the issue the issue I feel like is that like we want to be getting rid of these libraries. We don't want to add libraries. We want to be getting rid of them and using the bare metal browser APIs. Mm-hmm. And the bare metal browser APIs just have like weird method names, complicated. You so know. I'm half with you. Again, this is our why Dom no good debate. Um, I do want to like, I totally love query selector and I can't really envision something I would like using more than query selector. Sure. To be fair. Uh-huh. Um, but there are things like, well, legacy things like, um, well, so manipulating classes. Now we have class list. It's a beautiful mm-hmm. little API. Like those are the things that you want. You want the, you want class list and data set for everything. Mm-hmm. You want those upgrades and they are coming, you know, slowly. And another good example is getting like the, um, how many pixels something is away from the top of the page. And like normally, like basically like any uh, element dot offset height or offset width or stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, or inner height and inner width or window dot inner width and inner height, like all those are sort of legacy. They're computationally expensive. And anytime you want to just get a freaking number, you have to subtract and add two, two or three things and then have to take into account the width of the scroll bar and everything. It's really like that's Dom no good. Yeah. yeah. But now there's um, get bounding client rect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hashtag uh great method names yeah um but get bounding client i think it's get bounding client rect mm-hmm. is fantastic it gives you literally it's an object that gives you top left bottom right and those mm-hmm. are just pixel values away from the top left bottom right of mm-hmm. the viewport it gives you width and height of that thing itself um it's fantastic mm-hmm. yeah so um, anyway and it gives you the i think it gives you the well you know and i don't i don't know offhand but but dom is good once you learn, you know what it is when you don't, when you haven't like built Alpine and you just like know DOM yeah. APIs and you have this, you have this scattered knowledge of like jQuery stuff and then yeah, the DOM a, is not the, intuitive. The raw JS alternatives. And then you haven't really updated your knowledge in 10 years. Yeah. And the, the little bit you have like to you, I don't know, I'm saying the proverbial you. Sure. No, but also the actual me. There's just this sea of random APIs named weird things that kind of all do similar things and whatever. There's a right? exactly yeah. But once you start to like really work, but that with is stuff, a design failure. The get bounding, uh, sure. The get bounding client rec thing is a perfect example of something that you at first put in the pool of like weird legacy bad ways to get the height of an element. But once you see like a little bit more clearly, you're like, oh, this is a newer thing. It brings clarity to this unclear thing, and it it does its job perfectly you know so anyway they like i think that agreed dom no good in a lot of ways dom uh on ramp to dom bad and understanding what stuff i mean basically there should just be a guide of like here are all the things that if you're using you're old 
Like mm-hmm. you're old school. Your knowledge is not updated. You know? Yeah. Well, and like realistically, I feel like there just needs to be an ES6 for the DOM. You know? Like uh, an upgrade on the level of like the ES6 upgrade. Right? That basically is like, hey, we're going to like make everything fluent and make everything, you know, declarative and make it would be nice it would be nice if there were even well if if it was just um like i think that most of it has to be declared or imperative because it's kind of a low-level tool Mm -hmm. so like the apis i'm talking about like classless is still an imperative api it's like classless.add classless.delete it's not like bind classless to object or something sure so really like yeah, like totally dom no good. If you want to get the attributes from an element, mm-hmm. you do, you do, you get that element object and you do dot attributes. Mm-hmm. As it's like it's a property. I don't even know. Let's see really quick if there is a get attributes. So if I have the thing, get, yeah. So get attribute. There is no get attributes. There's get attribute where you can get an individual one. Get a specific But one. if you want right. them all, it's just attributes as a property, not And it's mutable. So, uh it is, yeah. which is fine, but you can do set. Uh is it is it mutable? Mm, I don't think so. Ah. I don't think it is. Like I don't think It's probably mutable. I'm not sure if it actually mutates the element itself, because when you mutate the attributes, you use, you use set attribute. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a perfect example. This is a great example because like I had mentioned before, annoying places where some things are a method and some things are a property. Mm-hmm. And when you get a data type that isn't inherited from something you think it would be. So, and what do you, what attribute if in your perfect world, this get attributes method on an element, what data type is returned? What's the data that's returned? It should be an array. Should be an array, okay, or an a keyed object, right? Okay, um, so it's actually a a named node map, <laughs> which right. means that you can't do dollar sign zero dot attributes dot and then you know anything that you would want, like filter so it, or reduce or map or whatever. Yeah, and the thing about the named node map, it's kind of weird. So let's say so there's a class attribute. If I do dot attributes dot class okay oh dude it's so weird you'd have to look at it but um if it's a map you would want to be able to use all the mapping things but hold on i think the thing you actually do is array dot from yeah dude like that's the thing when you want to work with it you use array dot from and you turn this like named right. node map. this is the same bad feeling as using like object keys or something to Agreed. like make an array or make an array out of an object or totally something, you know like Yep. These are just bad feels. Yep. And I won't go further into it, but once you start working with the individual attributes, you can access it like an object, like mm-hmm. the attribute dot name and dot value, but it's not a normal object. It's another weird data type thing. So um, so in Alpine, like I immediately convert that stuff to just plain data types so that it's more formalized, standardized, mm-hmm. and flexible. That's a big one. In JavaScript, constantly having to do array dot from, so you can call dot filter and dot map when you have mm-hmm. like uh, an element or a node uh, list. When you do mm-hmm. query selector all, you can't do dot filter on that. Mm-hmm. You can do dot for each. They let the for each dot slip through to the, the node list, 
but not dot filter yeah, and, and dot map. Yeah, and this is the thing. It's like some guy was high that day and was like, oh, like I want for each, so I'm going to add it or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, but like he didn't like take responsibility for like adding all of the things that yeah. you would want to use, right? <laughs> right? Or actually like making it extend a prototype that's useful. You would just what he think should have done, right? Like, like prototypal, prototype. It's not typical. It's prototypal. Typal, yeah. Prototypal inheritance here could have saved the day. Yep. But so, if, like, if we query selector all and I get the prototype, it's node list. And then if I get the prototype of that, it's I don't even know what. It's just like constructor, dude. I don't even know. It has two. But you you want it to be okay. It's object. You want it to be array. Mm-hmm. You want it to be array. Why why don't they have array in the prototype chain? Yeah. You know? So anyway, yes. So it's basically, it's um it's a node list, which is a list, which is very array-like. Then it's an object yeah. prototype. Hey, um here's a here's a fun little like uh just like programming how can you make this the nicest possible yeah. thing. So you get a test, right? And you're testing a route and you need to like submit a bunch of data to it in a post request, right? And then you need to submit a bunch of different data to it or you need to change one one key of the data that you're pushing, right? And submit it again and like assert the difference in the response, right? Sure, okay. Um So say I've got like an uh this is in, you know, PHP in like a PHP unit test, right? Mm-hmm. And I've got a um I've got like an array called like payload, right? And it's yep. like an associative array of like key value stuff that is like my post data. Yep. Right. And I want to submit it and then I want to change one key and then I want to submit it again. Okay. Right? What is your preferred method for doing that? Mm-hmm. Do you hear the hear the Oh, and say it's multiple levels, right? So say it's not just a flat array, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, there's like data and uploads is actually what there was, right? So there's like okay. a data array full of fields and there's yep. an uploads array full of fields, yep. right? Um, and I want to change like data dot name, yep. right? Um, do you A, go payload bracket data bracket name equals whatever? And then submit it again with payload. Right. Do do you do uh, array set um, data dot name mm-hmm. value? Um, like what's your preferred what's your preferred thing? And then if there are multiple, like say it, say it goes up from one to like four, do you mm-hmm. still use the same method or the same you know not method but the same tactic depending on the length i would first hard code them both uh-huh. um but so i'll say like as soon as you feel like actual pain from hard coding both the thing about mutating one is because php is so mutable and you can get bit by those mutations so often and because when you're doing when you're testing in laravel the app instance is shared between all of your your ordeals so like your the service providers only get run once. Mm-hmm. It's not like a true true test where you're running everything twice if sure. you're calling the endpoint twice. So that always like I get bit by that in really really odd ways. So this is kind of obscure, but that's just another thing like contributing to me not wanting 
to to like assign a bunch of values to an array, post it to a thing, then mutate one value and post it again to another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because those those things can actually like carry on living inside of that request and still be alive and changed by the request, you know? In which request? I don't know. The, first the first request. One? Like, yeah. Um, like if you send, this is actually a really interesting thought and i don't think it's it has real credence but like if you if you assign an array of of parameters and then you pass them into a request you know sure do they get serialized ever and unserialized i'm sorry like, do you mean like so like here's the scenario right is like uh payload equals an array of shit right yeah yeah then this arrow post to the yeah. route yep payload yep right so what's what's the concern? Um, so I have a, a hypothesis that I would love to test. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you create an object or a variable called payload, mm-hmm. and it's it's the key value pairs that you're describing, data and mm-hmm. upload and whatnot, and one of those values you set to new collection or something, you actually like set yep. up a PHP live thing. Sure. So that's actually why I'm doing this, right? Is because some of them, I have this um, upload colon colon fake that okay. creates like a fake upload and gives you a UUID that's valid mm. for okay. like fake signed S3 uploads. Yep. Right? Um, so that's why I want to reuse this is because I want to, su- for the second time, I want to submit the same UUIDs that I yeah. know already are- exist in the system. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, so it's like if someone was to resubmit this form again, having right. changed one thing, but not changed all these other uploads. Yeah. Okay. So you're using that as a feature. Yes. That's what I want. Um, here. Okay. I'm, I'm totally going off the deep end here, mm-hmm. but my fear is that an object like a collection can actually enter the request and come out of the other end and, and be that instance. Like if you do like, in your controller, if you do like request, you know, some item and then manipulate that collection, mm-hmm. like that shouldn't happen in life at all because how could a collection make its way into a request? Request data comes from an endpoint, you know, but in a mm-hmm. test, it can, I think. And if you manipulate it in the controller, now in your test, because it's, it's by reference that that bit is manipulated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then when you pass it into the second request, it's it might have been manipulated by the first request in the background in weird ways that could cause either double positives or false positives Wouldn't or Wouldn't you have negatives. to like pass it by reference or something for that no. to even happen? No, because they're just passed by reference by default objects. You know? Like, I'm super curious. I want to try it really bad. Like, just newing up a collection, sending it through the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this arrow post or something. Sure. In the controller, it could just be a closure in the web.php, add an item to it, then DD in the test right after you post to that, mm-hmm. and I bet your collection would have that new item. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's interesting. So that would be my fear with messing around with like setting up a payload and then changing it throughout the test, you know? But sure, I don't know. I still haven't given you a good answer of like, what would I do? Um. Okay, so... F- let's uh, assuage a few of these fears right first of all it's an array it's not a collection Mm -hmm. um second of all 
I'm pretty sure they do get serialized. I bet they don't. Okay. But even if they didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the request never the request parameters never get mutated. Um no, I'm can we can we try it? Yeah, for sure. Alright, so I'll I'll speak it out for the For user. the YouTube people, you should just share your screen because there are people watching us on YouTube. That's true, but then I I'll, I'm gonna speak it out, and then you you can make sure that it stays interesting for podcasters. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna define a route called yes. slash foo in web.php. Okay. Uh huh. And this has a function. It's just a closure, you know, in the route. Mm-hmm. And then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say thing equals request thing. So we're gonna a thing is like a parameter in the request. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to expect that it's a collection, so I'm going to do push. So, arrow sorry, push. you're doing like request helper with thing as a parameter. Yes. Okay. Yep. And then I'm going to do thing arrow push yo yo yo. Okay. So, and just call it a day at that. Sure. Okay. And so now if I create a new test file. And then file, right after that, you should just DD the payload. Or, sorry, not right after that. Uh, in your test, so in your test, you create an array. Okay. You pass it. You create an array called payload. You pass right, it. Let in. me do it. Hold on. So payload equals, and then the first item is thing, and that mm-hmm. points to a collection. So I'm gonna do just do the collect helper, and let's just make it empty for now. Sure. Okay. And then now I'm gonna do this. This arrow get, and then slash foo. Don't run it yet. Okay. Let's then talk slash about it foo. The sec. Well, I have to do post because otherwise it's annoying to get parameters into the request. Yeah, do post. Um, payload. Okay. And let me change it to post in web.php. Okay. So this arrow post. And why is it giving me an error? It's giving like the syntax highlighting undefined method post. No. Are you extending test case? I am. It might just be. Oh, it's extending PHP unit framework test case. That's a problem. Because it's the, is that how it goes with unit tests in Laravel now? Yeah, yeah, unit tests, no good. Weird. Is that yeah, a new I thing? Ran into or am I just recently. Like, it has to be a feature test. Bummer. Yeah, it's extremely bad. Okay, so bad. Artisan make test foo. Technically, it's faster. Okay, all right. So we have foo now. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to paste in my ordelio. And then I'm DDing the payload after I do the post. I'll DD yep. to yep. array. And now we're going to no, no, find no, no, no. out. Just DD the payload itself. Don't don't to array it. Oh, right. Because it's not even a. All right. I'm just. Okay. 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 All right. You ready? Yeah. So what, before we run it. Yeah. So if you are correct. Yeah. Uh, you're just going to get an error. Right, and the error no. is going to be push does not exist on on array. No, dot push does not exist on the array. If I'm correct, push is going to work because it's a collection. Or sorry, sorry. If you're correct, push is going to work because it's a collection, yep. and then it's going to be mutated, and then when you DD it, it's going to be different. If yep. I'm correct, you're going to get an error because push does not exist on an array. Yes. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Let her rip. Works like a charm. Yo, yo, yo is in there. Wow. Interesting. Yep. 
the collection is still preserved and it has been mutated this is this is some insidious stuff man like okay so now do it with an array do it with an array okay what do you mean so instead of a collection yep okay make it make it an array empty array Oh, wait, no, payload is an array, right? Payload is not. Payload is an array. Okay, never mind, never mind. I got nothing. Well, hold on. Let's say that I know where you're headed, I think. And uh, so if we have payload and we have thing, and then thing is an empty array, Mm -hmm. right? And now if inside of web, instead of thing arrow push, we do array push. I do array push. And then we pass in um, thing. And then the index of, or no, just thing. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't going to do it. No. Yeah, it's not going to do it because we, it would do it if it was nested, I'm pretty sure. Like, let's say that we have thing and then thing is a nested array. Thing with an A. Yes. And then now I do array push thing, but the thing key. And now I rerun it. Still doesn't do it. Yeah. I don't know. Arrays safe. Collection's dangerous. Yeah, and I feel like arrays aren't even safe. I just can't think of the right way to, to show it. But um but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Collect any objects. Anything that's an object, dangerous. And like I've run into so many hurdles with live wire testing stuff because you literally can't get a fresh app instance like easily for your for each different call. Like if you're doing this arrow post, oh, here's what it is. If you have something in a service provider that detects if it's like running in a test or something, you know, whatever. If you have something in a service provider, it will get run when the test starts. Sure. Not when you call this arrow post. Sure. So you can't have anything in a service provider that depends on request data. Because if you do, then it's going to run at the beginning of the test with no request data. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if you call that that method and you have that thing, that that check in your service provider, service provider is just not going to get run because the app's already been bootstrapped. You know? Anyway, I've, I, it's, it's worked fine for me in normal application context, but maintaining stuff, it's like, whoa. You know? And so there you go. Is that test bench? Is that just how test bench works? Uh, nothing to do with test bench. This is just Laravel testing. Test so what, case. Explain it one more time. So the app gets booted once in the setup method, probably of the Laravel test case. Oh, te- I know what you're saying. Well, okay, right. So let's say if I have, I'm going to so go to my app this service provider. Application, right. So there's creates application in the Laravel test case, right? Yeah. And that's like where the app gets booted. Yes. Okay. Yep. And you're saying that that app booting doesn't run on every test method no it does so here's here's the thing if i have a test and Uh my application service provider if let's say in boot i do dump yeah um, Yeah, so you say like if request like if there's a like a query string that says i'm an admin then yeah exactly right 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 so but i just want to test this in boot of app service provider if i dump yo yo Mm mm-hmm and then I run this test example. I see. So you don't get a new application boot across requests within the same test method. Right. You only get it up front. You get one application yeah. boot at the front, and then it just uses that same application instance no matter how many requests are in yeah. your... So if you rely on any headers, that's what bit me. 
if you rely on headers in your service provider, anything to do with the request, your tests are going to give you weird results because it's not like a normal, it's not a normal request lifecycle. I think it'll work middleware forward, you know, like middlewares on will, will be predictable, but anything before a middleware, no, no, uh, no toast. No boy. No, no boy. No. Yeah. And then interesting. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Mm-hmm. The more you know. Um, Daniel, I got something to run by you. I love that. I want to do something and I want your opinion on it. And okay. maybe a quick brainstorm. Sure. So I'm thinking instead of dropping Alpine V3 either at a conference or another time, I'm thinking of an Alpine Live launch party. Okay. It's a micro conference that is going to be like half day long, open keynote me, close keynote me, like a sandwich of the beginning. Caleb I sandwich. do Caleb sandwich. Beginning is how to build Alpine from scratch. Mm-hmm. The end is demoing all the new features mm-hmm. and hitting the launch button mm-hmm. and releasing the new Alpine site, site mm-hmm. design, um, prob- maybe a new course, um, all the new documentation the new V3 itself, maybe a few plugins. Um, and then sandwiched in the middle would be um, getting, I would get people in the community to do these little micro talks. Sure. It would be like 15 minutes, build something cool, mm-hmm. you know. So a, a, a conference light. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You should do it. Scale of one to 10. One terrible idea. 10, best idea ever. Uh, so let's compare it to something, right? So if you don't do this, you're going yeah. to launch it at a conference or something. Yeah, but in reality, if I don't, do, I I could sort of, really what would happen is I would demo the new features at Laracon Online, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to do, mm-hmm. but this is what I could do. Demo the new features at Laracon Online and then do what like Taylor does every year or I did last year where you demo the new stuff and then, then you, you push the button. After a couple of weeks okay. of finalizing things. Sure. Yep. So I'm thinking wait longer, build up all this stuff to like be able to do it all at once and mm-hmm. like have a big party around it. And then deal. promote that party at Laracon Online. And promote the party at Laracon Online for sure. Okay. Um, that's good. So what if anything mm-hmm. um what is the benefit of having this large party the primary benefit is me being able to really present alpine v3 the best way i think it's it could be presented right so i'm saying like what is the benefit over you like making a good video and putting it out oh um uh, excitement, being excited about something, you know, like new stuff is released and I go like, oh, I'll get to that when I get to it. I'll mm-hmm. look at that when I want to look at it. This would be like, I would want to make it fun. Like uh-huh. I think that it could be fun. You do like Alpine Day. Alpine Day, exactly. Uh-huh. Like it could be like a fun launch party, like any launch party. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Like the, the talks could be unique and creative. There could be fun things interwoven. We could do like a live no plans to merge that day as sure. part of it or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, that'd be fun. Alpine day. Um, 
Yeah, and also side benefits are depending on who you get to get the talks, you also get to like get other audiences' eyeballs right. on Alpine. Um, if you get, you know, some other person to do a talk, that'd be cool. You know. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, West, I would get West Boss to build something in Alpine. So I thought it would be fun to like. I'm gonna go for for famous friends. I'm gonna go for that crowd, of course. Famous friends who use Alpine. You know. Yeah. Um. And and I think my my goal with it is to make it fun for them. Yeah. Like the the conference so I, invite I that would I would be really want. fun is if you got. I don't know if West Boss is the right guy, right? But like someone who actually doesn't use Alpine. Exactly. And yes. you did a talk where you're like famous friend use alpine and i'll sit here and answer your questions yeah. right but like i want you i'm gonna give you a react component now like make this an alpine component and like i'm here to hang out yeah. like so uh, that's a great idea um and i i've already sort of thought along these lines and thought that that uh i think west boss is too big but he's great like yeah. i should try him because yeah. I I need a I need somebody who is knowledgeable and famous who's never used uh, Alpine, and he would be a great candidate. I should yeah. reach out and see. But let's just assume that he says no way, Jose. Or like someone else from the React community. So yeah, interesting. I was thinking like somebody somebody like Ben Ornstein, uh-huh. who's a Rails guy, yeah. may have never touched Alpine. It would it would speak to him. Like I think he like he's the better candidate for Alpine than somebody who's like a react person because then they'd be like wait but where's the router (laughs) i feel like bro (laughs) but he's he's one who came to mind who's like far enough out of the community that he doesn't probably doesn't know alpine yeah ornstein would be cool um you'd have to pull him away from working on the linux tuple right Um, which he's so diligently working for for um, uh, daniel colborne but uh yeah so i don't know if i can co-sign that but uh, right right <laughs> the, okay so no, assuming or- not him orenstein would be really cool um i think yeah i think anyone in rails world would be really cool like there's a bunch of cool rails people you know yeah um oh no i was gonna say chris mccord i should have him do one he already knows alpine yeah. but he should do one and and the pitch to me is like like here's my pitch to chris mccord i know you're really I know you get requests all the time. I know whatever. I know you, you got a lot of work to do. You don't want to sit there and plan a conference talk. Mm-hmm. Come to my conference and just like think of it like you're helping Alpine out mm-hmm. and just show off something cool that you think you can do in Alpine or that you've done. Mm-hmm. And it can be five minutes or 15 minutes. Sure. But just like come hang out and just be like, because these... These are people who I imagine are not like afraid of getting of sharing their screen for five minutes. Right, to a bunch exactly. Of people. That's the thing. It's like you want to get people who talk. Yes. Yep. Um, and so I was also thinking like to entice people. Uh, okay, I'm thinking I should paywall this thing, which is kind of crazy yeah. because at first I thought no, but then I thought about all the live conferences that I have no interest in attending because they're free. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I feel yeah, like make it making cheap. it live would hurt it. Yeah, just make it cheap. $5. Like literally that cheap. Okay, so I was thinking 5 or 9. I was thinking 4 or 9. 9. 9. So the reason I'm thinking 9, what if I do this? I was thinking 9, 9, 9. I get sponsors to cover costs. So the sure. Zoom costs and maybe a designer to design a page. Mm-hmm. Then I charge $9 for an admission ticket. 
and it's a hundred percent profit share for the speakers. Mm-hmm. So, so they get all the money. Exactly. So yeah. if there's ten speakers, and it makes ten grand, they each get a grand. If it's That's great. you know, um, but if I, I feel like if I charge five dollars, I would have to get a lot of freaking people for it to be like. Yeah. So if you charge ten dollars, let's call it ten dollars. Yeah. Yep. And a thousand people come. Yeah. Are a thousand people going to come? They're not. Yeah. A thousand people are not going to come. Yo, what if you just make it pay what you want, but you have to pay? Hmm. I could. Right? Yeah. Minimum $1. Yeah. Or $3 because it's Alpine V3. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Minimum 3 pay what you Minimum want. Minimum $3, pay what you want. Some people are going to throw in 40 bucks. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Some, there's a bunch of bunch of guys out there. I like just, it. Like, I like the around. I like the pay what you want. Because yeah. if I was paying what I want, I never do the minimum on pay with on pay what you want. Right. Especially I would, if you I would really probably like pay Alpine. nine bucks. Especially if you really like Alpine, sure. And the people who are gonna pay anything are the people who like Alpine. And it says like it's pay what you want, hundred percent of the profits go to the speakers. Not profits, hundred percent of the revenue. You say revenue. Right, because the sponsors cover costs. Right. Profits always... Anytime someone says 100% of profits, I'm like, right, you've engineered this in a way where like you pay yourself a handsome salary right. and there are no profits. Yeah, right. right. Like I would consider profit my own profit. Right, right. But, you're, but it wouldn't be immediately it's obvious. It's literally that like 100% of the dollars that go into this bucket will yep. be divvied up among the speakers. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it, dude. It's pay what you want. Pay what you want. Minimum three dollars and it also like aligns with your whole like sponsor me if you want mentality mm-hmm. you know like you're all about give me give me money if you feel like it yep you know this is a really good strategy um so now question i was thinking for like the middle four hours of a day mm-hmm. to capture like the most of all time zones possible the middle four hours of a day um probably 45 minutes in the beginning from me Mm-hmm. And then probably 45 minutes at the end from me. Mm-hmm. And then in between, it's like, like, tell me what you think would be cool as a, as a consumer of this. Sure. What would be cool to see? And let's say that, let's say that I can get anybody in the world to do these talks. Like what's cool for you to see? What's cool? What is fun and not just like conference news fest? Um, yeah. What is cool for me to see? So I think getting, so I like, I like the, the one pitch, which is like, get some people who've literally never laid eyes on Alpine yeah. to use it and make something. Yeah. Right. Um, are you going to have doc, a docs website by then? Are um, you launching I, a docs website with a V3? That was my goal that day to launch the thing. Yeah. Okay. So you launched the docs website first. So that they can use, so, so they can they use can the use new Alpine, the new Alpine, yeah, and the docs, right? Yeah. And then here's the categories of people who you get: you get a front end person, okay, from the React community, yep, right. Then you get a back end person from the Rails community, okay, right. Then you get a, um, you get like a, what do you call it? like a designer who's like a HTML and CSS designer only. Mm-hmm. you know who like n- maybe knows some a little bit of javascript but like doesn't write react or something 
right? Okay. And be like, hey, here's a way you can just like put a little bit of dynamic stuff into your front ends. Okay. You know, maybe that's not important. Maybe that one can go. Um, and then the other thing that I think would be cool is someone who uses Alpine constantly yeah. right now in V2, but you just hand them right. V3 and say exactly. like, go wild, you know? Yeah, you're on it. So that's that's sort of what, I did some brainstorming with Mitch earlier today, and that's sort of what we came up with, which is really affirming and cool. Um, and yeah, that's where we're like, we need some people who are pros at V2 mm-hmm. to just like, we'll just drop a new V3 feature and be like, here, build something with it and mm-hmm. let us watch you. Um, here's the thing. I I feel like I, I'm picturing some of the speakers are going to be the like Alpine contributor people. Sure. You know? um, and then I'm thinking another, I'm thinking of the other people like, let's just say our friends mm-hmm. who I'm pretty confident I could be like, hey man, can you come hang out for 10 minutes on this thing? Um, and they would. And then there's the high tier. There's the West bosses. There's the, the high, we'll just call them the high tier without yeah. naming names at the moment. Sure. How do I, what is the most enticing thing for them? Because if it's me and you said, hey, can we just pull you on here and you can live code that? I'd be like, yeah. But I'm thinking of someone like Jeffrey Way. Like I, I don't envision him being jazzed about like impromptu stuff. I'm thinking of people who are more polished, you know? So yeah, don't here's, just like here's the go people on live, then. make If a you want to go themselves. like high tier, you yeah. reach out specifically to West Boss, DHH, DHH, he would never do that. He would totally do it. If you did it right, dude, come on, just do it right. (laughs) Caleb, you got you can totally get people. Dude, I don't believe you, but okay, keep going. Tell me. Well, whatever. Then you swing and you miss, but like you definitely gotta try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna not try. Yeah. Get West Boss, get DHH. Who else is someone big in, in JavaScript land? Get like um I mean, like, you know, like you could get uh, Dan Abramoff or someone like that, you know? Right. Yeah, that would be baller. Um, these are like the the big baller names in... Uh, I would love to get Evan Yu. What about like Sandy Metz or someone? How hard would that be? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, know. though? You Who don't knows? know. Right. Like if it was a like... conference that the pitch was like... Hey, this is the most informal thing ever. You barely have to prepare at all. Like well, for these people, the they people. don't have to prepare. Here's what at you all. actually do, and then here's also what you tell the people. I am reaching out. So, like, I have finally made it, and I'm reaching out to all of the people who inspired me to become a good programmer. And I'm just trying to get them all on stage on the same day to like talk about stuff. And I'm going to give them all the money. And because you are a product well, so, of DHH and Sandy Metz and maybe less sure. so West Boss but like right now but like your um I would say your business model is strongly West Boss influenced for sure right like yeah. I would say like these are sort of like the the uh patriarchs and matriarchs well, of, so the thing is is of you like this right. is where you I, come from I'm picturing like I'm picturing a no plans to merge conference at some point that we've mm-hmm. talked about that's oh, like dude, for our sure. shot as the most badass conference in the world. To me, this is not that. It's my like Alpine version of that. My Alpine light, small little version right, of that. Right. But like, why not get people who like are extremely impressive to you and who you would love I mean, a shot right. at um, to just come fiddle with your toy, right? And then you yeah. have that relationship when we have the No Plans to Merge conference that we can pull those people in. 
Right, right, right. All right, you're right. I should swing for uh, the fences. Is that the yeah, word? Absolutely swing for the fences. And then there's... Uh, okay, but and, like... But is then it... you also should, like, at the same time, pull in, like, one or two from the community of people who you just, like, you like a lot or are right. impressive to you or... I want to get Justin Jackson to... Houston Jackson. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to get him to demo Alpine because he, he's been working with it, like, a tiny bit. And Transistor uses Alpine up and down. Yeah. Um, you know, this goes out to all my Houston's in the back sipping yaks and... Okay. Dude. Sorry. Continue. Um. So I'm thinking like he's a he's a perfect one. I just have to convince him that he's that he should go in front of people and program with Alpine. You saw he made a programming tutorial. I know. That's why he's I'm a programmer. Like, he's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. He made a tutorial, and Alpine was in the tutorial. Yeah. He's smart, dude. Oh, for sure. He'll be fine. Absolutely. He'll be fine. No, I know. I just got to make sure that he I'm wants just, to I'm, do it. Yeah, but I know he's listening right now. So I'm talking to you like I like right. I don't know he's listening so that. It'll Thanks. inspire confidence okay. in him that we're having a third-party conversation about how he's smart. Right. Yes. Yes. So Good yeah, call. Justin's smart, and he'll—he'll. He'll, I know he'll never hear this, but you know. Right. But if he, you did, just need to convince him he's smart. Yeah. Justin. Um, Houston Jackson. Yep. Oh, and the like, um, uh, Jack Ellis, Fathom Analytics guy. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, they're. I think they're using Alpine in their rewrite right now. Fathom is Ember. But I think they're using Alpine in the rewrite. Um, so like Transistor and Fathom to me are like the ideal products. They're these like successful SaaS apps that are built on very like um, the, the principles that I would build an app with, you sure. know? Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I'm thinking, and so I was considering like, I'm really curious more of your thoughts on the theming of those micro talks and the rules or like fun, fun things we could do um or collaboration or something like i think and it's if we just start on one end of the spectrum mm-hmm. it's it's i say you know please put together please put together an alpine talk for 15 minutes and you get a mixed bag of stuff mm-hmm. but then we could impose rules like rule number one you can't pitch a product of yours you can't right, right. you no can't pitches. like yeah no pitches you can't but, show but off a tool you, you built. do get 30 seconds of your Twitter username up on screen. That's the only self-promotion that is allowed is the first 30 seconds of the thing, your Twitter username will be up on screen. And like, you sure. can make a joke out of it. Like you can like, like for one guy, you could just say nothing for 30 seconds. Just kind of like stand there and be like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe 10 seconds. You make it even smaller. So it, all right, so let's just say, well, let's, let's start with that. Let's start with the no pitches, no plugs thing. No pitches, no plugs. It's like my goal with that, I mean, I imagine basically I'm hurting my chances of getting people to speak, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, am I just hurting myself by being like, hey, West Boss, you should come hang out. No pitches, no plugs. He'd be like, what? What? Why would I do that? You know? Yeah. But I, I guess I don't mind pitching and plugging, but just like isolated to one portion. I don't want your talk to be about your thing mm-hmm. and not even because your thing is bad just because there's a probability that because the incentives are not aligned what if what if they what if you they can pitch and plug but they have to supply to you one thing to plug and then you do like an announcer voice at the end and, and do like their pitches and plug or like you hire a you hire a voice actor or something to do their pitches and plug to do the pitches and plugs, something funny fun. you do something funny where it's like a little bit tongue-in-cheek the way that you're doing pitches and plugs that would be fun um you should also get people, you should assign people certain things to build. 
I think it'll be easier that way. Interesting. So, so tell me about an this. idea. Like, say you get Kent Dodds. Yep. I wrote him down, actually. And you get Kent Dodds to... Because Kent Dodds made Downshift, which is the, like, React uh, renderless uh, select input thing. Okay. Um, primitives to build simple, flexible, ARIA-compliant, React, autocomplete, combo box, or select drop-down components. Right? Gotcha, yep. So, like, this is a person who is very familiar with everything that's necessary to build that those types of components. Right. So, like, you go to Kent Dodds and you say, hey, like, let's build, like, a little tag input. Right? Where it's, like, you press tag, like, do you, you have type in three tags. hours? No, 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 no. You build a quick one. Right? Yeah. In 15 minutes. You know? I feel like he could do it. I feel like you and I could do it, right? Yeah, I mean, if the styling was taken care of, yep. I mean, we could build the, we could totally build the basic. If the styling was taken care of, done deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just need to know the Aria stuff because I don't know that stuff offhand. You know? No, 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 but you don't need to build everything that Downshift does. Gotcha. I'm just saying like, this is a person who, this is the t- this is an element that this guy has thought deeply about. It's yep. like this type of like auto-completing tab. Yeah. You know what I think maybe a component of this to rope in the big boys is not it not being a pitch that requires them to present something out of their own brain. Right. Because that is the thing that and that's puts the thing pressure is, on. It's like you say, we. it's going to be a live coding exercise. It's going to be fun. It's going to be low pressure. I'm mm-hmm. expecting everyone to kind of flounder... And like, yeah. I'll be right there to help you. Yeah. Right. But like, we'll just like give you a simple component to build. And we just want to see first impression of the Alpine ecosystem. Yeah. Are you able to build it? Yep. You know, or like what problems do you run into? I love whatever. it. I can't. I, I would love being pitched that kind of thing. What people do you think? Because you're cool. Wouldn't be. Just you just got to reach out to cool people. And if you reach out to enough cool people, enough of them are cool for the reason that they like this type of thing. I should reach out to like, Gary Bernhardt because he's cool. This is the type of thing that makes people cool, saying yes to this, right? Mm-hmm. If you say no to this, you're not as cool as someone who says yes to this, right? Yep. Like, that's just a given. Yeah. And so, like, right. if, the, if you know that these people are cool, chances are they're cool because they said yes to a bunch of weird stuff. <laughs> Okay, I dig. I dig. So what about the people who know Alpine really well? I mean, it could I could just do the same thing. I could just assign them V3 things that they're not aware of. Yeah, or you could build them an Alpine V2 component and be like, guess what? Like this this and this now exists, so like make this component good. Yep, that's right? cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So does that cover it? That covers it like v2 to v3 exercises and then just v3 exercises yeah from somebody who's interesting i feel like i should like do i think i need to launch v3 how do i how do i launch v3 how do i mix in like like demoing let's say like x foo is a new directive that exists Mm -hmm. um it's just called x foo and it just spits out bar sure um so I'm really excited about it, and I just am just dropped a huge secret. Mm-hmm. And then there's X bar, X best. This is this joke is going nowhere. X foo. Mm-hmm. 
I say, I show somebody new Alpine or from V2 to V3. And I'm like, ah, I think I have to have somebody use the feature and then I demo the feature. Right. Like that's how I introduce all the new Alpine features. Oh, so you schedule the whole day around like this feature, then this feature, then this feature. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So that requires less big names and more people who are familiar with V2. Right. But I mean, I'm, I could totally, I could like kick you could off. Make, you could sprinkle in a couple big names, but then have like For sure. an equal number of community people to introduce new features. Yeah. It's super ballsy to build stuff and, and see what people do with it live. Like from my perspective, yeah, I just exactly, had the thought of cool. like, agreed. But I, I'm just like thinking like, oh man, like this stuff better work well. Because <laughs> if it's not like in two intuitive or something i don't know yeah it'll be cool yeah no 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 it will um it will okay so yeah i guess i have to figure out the nitty-gritty but you you dig yeah i dig and then how do we work no plans to merge into this uh we could do we could do a live show before it starts like as like the waiting room cool yeah you know like before like the keynote or the opening keynote that you're gonna do yeah like we could just do like a live show where we just hang out and record mm-hmm. an episode. Yeah. Um, you obviously you make every example code that you write is some sort of a podcast player component that has no plans to merge all over it so that we promote the show. Cause it's very important to promote the show. Very um, and, um, yeah, either before or after party, I can't think of after yeah, party sounds or after. It's got to be after. Yeah, because then we can send people to it. Yes. And after parties are always like, what? You know, like we could actually do like a No Plans to Merge branded after party. Yeah. Brought to you by No Plans to Merge. And it would free me up to worry about like technical stuff beforehand and not yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. be live streaming, whatever. Do it. So I got to learn how to make a conference. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Do you think, do you think that by it like i could see people thinking like oh like launching alpine v3 like i i don't know caleb so the other thing that like this kind of goes against something we already decided is good but it's worth thinking the other Mm -hmm. option is you just use this as an opportunity to boost your sponsors and you just make it a sponsors only event i thought about the sponsor authorization stuff that you've done I did think about to, that. To like authorize thing. But then it's like there's not like a clearly pool of it. money to give to the speakers. Yeah. I decided against it, but that I did think about that and that is a good idea. It is a path for sure. But yeah, I love the dude. $3 or name your price. Pro- all revenue goes to um, every dollar that is paid to the thing gets split amongst the speakers. Yeah. Evenly. Um Big bucket and, of money. and I just and I start asking the big guys see how many I get and then you know fill in fill in the, the plebs mm-hmm. you know in descending order of of um bigness or at least yeah no that's it or at least the coolness factor in my yeah. mind you know um that's cool but yeah I, I should like I should, should try for Adam Gary Bernhardt because his who Adam Wathen yeah you kidding me yeah no, he's like the first person I thought of. Yeah, I haven't yeah. talked to him yet. But. I mean, we just haven't explicitly said his name, but like, I think Adam is very good for this event. 
Oh, I think 100%. Yeah. He is the target speaker, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Just, and just so we're clear. I'm hoping, I'm predicting that I'm just going to be like, yo, like, here's the pitch. What do you think? And yeah. he's going to be like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I'm thinking there's like a 90% chance, 10% chance that he's like, no, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you won't get a lot of explanation. <laughs> I wonder if I should get Steve, who's not a developer. Ooh, bro, sugar. Because he he would be down. Sugar, bro. I think he would be down. Yeah, he'd be down. And he's seen HTML before. Oh, he's good at it. He's pretty darn good at it. He runs a. He runs a an HTML CSS company. framework. Yeah, he he runs an HTML company. <laughs> that would be a good one. I bet he's never tried Alpine, and he would be a perfect person to try it. Like yeah. a non-developer. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. It's I'm cool. dig, dig, digging it, dude. Dig, dug, um, dig. Okay, this is good. This is good. This is really good. Dig, dug. So yeah, do you see the new Laracon online landing page? So sick, dude. Isn't that good? The art is so good. It's so much so like that ghost bat guy who I wanted to do our artwork I that know. one time. The like, I know. Monster, and you told me it was too gross. The pickle, Gus's pickle. Yeah, the pickle guy. <laughs> you told me it was too gross. I was like, it's not gross enough. What do you mean? What do you what do you mean? What was gross? The pickle thing or the his like other drawings? His other drawings. Because I wanted to get like a zombified version of us. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You and wanted something like like grotesque. Yeah. Like our face is melting off. Yeah. What well, Caleb, we're all dying a little every day. No, I know. I mean I <laughs> I I get it. By the way, um I need to take a headshot of myself um because i have already commissioned that guy the ghost bat guy to do an illustration of my head um oh wait for my what? internet avatar oh right okay yeah my yeah. 2021 internet avatar is going to be like an illustration of my head by that guy sweet um but there's going to be two versions of it there's the one where it's just a picture of me and then there's the one where i'm rotting and like my eyeball has fallen out and I'm like, you know, and oh. uh, I'm just going to save the rotten one for October and I'll just all of October yes. on Twitter. I'll use that. But then on my website, I'm going to make it where if you hover over the picture of me, it yeah. goes to the rotten one. That's fantastic. It's sick. So, yeah. But I need That's to take like a good. headshot and my hair is in such a precarious length right now that I'm like concerned about taking my official headshot right now. <laughs> How much is this going to cost you? Uh, it's like 200 bucks. It's totally worth it. Yeah, no, I agree. It's worth it. I'm just wondering if like, is it a small enough amount that like you could just get another one when you yeah, for sure. dial yourself up? Oh, yeah. We could put it on the No Plans to Merge website. We could do you and I both as... Right. We could get one of each of us. Um, yeah, the monsterfications. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if that's too grotesque, though. I have a very weak you, stomach. Yeah, for your delicate sensibilities. <laughs> for a guy who yeah. guts fish all the time. You, hey, man. You'd think you'd um, have... You'd think I'd got more fish than I do. Oh, yeah, that's true. You probably, I actually find it to be a quite a hassle these days. I mostly release them to like let them live, so I actually don't really eat them You don't want to decrease much, the population. Then you just exactly. kill them the sport. I actually am... It's surprising some of the things I've done. I'm even surprised. I bet I would be pretty grossed out now. Um, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude. I caught a bunch of saltwater fish. Yeah, I heard. Saltwater fishing is amazing. Do you go on like the big boat with the fishing pole holder no. on the back? Yes. Well, yes. It is like an offshore fishing boat, but we just went inshore. Um, I don't know what inshore means. I'm learning all these things too. I'm just dropping the word. Is inshore like you're in a bay or something? Yeah. Okay. Like you're just, you're behind, um, uh, not even like a break wall. Like basically, like if you look at the Florida coast, you'll see like open ocean and then like tiny strips of land and then like the ocean inside those strips of land with like an inlet or two every gotcha, mile gotcha, or so. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and those, and there might be like a little like creek system or river system and then goes back out in the ocean. So it's all salt water and the fish kind of like come and go. Like we were just fishing and there were dolphins. I couldn't believe it. I just I was got, not expecting I got fish dolphins. questions for you. Oh, dude. Are you kidding me? So. Daniel. Rivers run to the ocean. This and oceans never fill. Right. Rivers Water's run to the ocean. deep inside. And, and so the reason they're fresh water is that the, the water is melting ice somewhere up on a mountain somewhere. Or melting yeah, yep. snow and ice and whatever up on a mountain yeah, somewhere. Yeah, or it's a spring. Or it's a spring up on a mountain somewhere. And then it basically just runs to the ocean. Or it's rainfall. Sure. Right? Well, I'm okay. sure the rainfall ends up in the river. but Right, for sure. Generally, I feel like it has like a source, which is either melting snow and ice or yep. uh, a spring. You know? Or rainfall. I think that might do it too, but I could be wrong. Trying to think of like what feeds. But then when it's not raining, there would be no river, right? Ah, uh, well, don't know, dude. Like, um, hmm. I'm trying to think of moving. Like, right, right. So 18 Mile Creek, the the creek that that in Hamburg or Cataraugus Creek, like those You're are. sand creeks. They're creeks, dude. <laughs> you stop now. They're tribs. They're tributaries that go into, into Lake Erie. Sure. And there's no mountains. Like they don't come from a mountain. Where they, do they come, come from, from like runoff, like rain runoff, and they probably have a few springs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's got to be a a non. I'm thinking the majority of it is rain, honestly. All right. Anyway, regardless Sorry, of on. how the water table works, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So you've got all this fresh water flowing out to the ocean. Yes. Right. Yep. And that's called a river. Um. And yep. so within that river, there's all these freshwater fish. Yep. Right. Are they all swimming upstream? Because I know like salmon swim upstream. Right. Right. But are all fish swimming upstream? No. Then how do they not all just get washed out into the ocean and die in the salt water? Some rivers are like big rivers. Their current is so like slow that they don't have to go into the ocean. You know, like I think the St. Lawrence Seaway that Mm -hmm. connects Lake Erie to, well, actually connects Lake Ontario to the ocean and goes through like up like above Maine and stuff um that flows out into the ocean from the great lakes Mm -hmm. and i mean when you're on it you feel like you're on a lake like you can't tell that there's current okay so it's so wide and it's like it could be like a hundred feet deep Mm -hmm. at points and there's tons of fish that are just live there you know Mm -hmm. so let's assume a a river that does move a little bit fast okay right yeah is that just are faster rivers only populated with like stronger upstream swimming fish? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of like, because otherwise my only all get swept out or are there like little pools off to the side that the fish like kind of end up in to like avoid the current or something. 
Yeah, that happens. I mean, so like... And like, trout, I guess a lot of rivers and, go through a lake at some point and maybe a bunch of those fish end up in that lake. Like holding areas. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I know that like like largemouth bass don't love like moving current. They'll always look for the, the, the uh, stagnant stuff. So you're not going to find like a largemouth bass in a swift running current. Mm-hmm. But smallmouth bass, bass during like the spawn, they will like swim upstream and they kind of act like river fish. But they, they prefer similarly stagnant water but trout love they need it mm-hmm. or love it or a whatever and salmon and any salmonoid um love the, <laughs> You're the current. salmonoid i know they love the current um they just love it and uh and that's their thing so i think i think your intuition is spot on but i i don't know for sure but i'm pretty sure that that's that's the deal but so dude, are there situations like, where there's like a ton of rain and an otherwise slow river becomes really fast and a bunch of fish get swept out to sea and die I don't know. I would think the distance would be too great um, because there are fish that are like both. They're amba salt fresh. Yeah, there's fish that are, you know, adapted for salt and fresh, like mm. like salmon that run from salt water into freshwater. Sure. Inland, uh, yeah. steelhead. Um, and there's other fish who who can like live in both salt and fresh. Or there's a wor- brackish water, mm-hmm. I think, is is the mixture of the two. Mm-hmm the delta um, water is that a word yeah like at the delta of a river like oh the yeah totally. river delta yeah exactly it's just like kind of mixture water and i think they can kind of just chill and like be cool with both mm-hmm. so but i don't know i don't i'm gonna guess no to your question but it's possible that a huge rain just like sweeps half of like the fish in um i don't know what's a freshwater giant river that feeds the ocean out into the ocean i don't know and they'll die Yep, could be, but I doubt it, but I don't know. Um, one time, speaking of the Mississippi River Delta, um, one time when I was in New Orleans, I was uh, down by the bayou, just kind of hanging out, walking a dog, hanging out with my roommate, like smoking weed by the river, just being, being around. On a, on a raft? No, 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 just like the bayou... Uh, or sorry, not by the bayou, by the uh, levee, I mean. So there's like these I'm levees. Just there's levees by the river. And like if you go over the levee, it's almost like a little beach. Word. Um, and it was just like a cool place. You could take the dogs there and like hang out yeah. and stuff. So we were there. And then Joe. Yeah. So we're there and we're just hanging out. And a couple dudes pull up in these kayaks. Mm-hmm. Like pull off and are like, hey, what's up? And we're like, nothing. What's up with you? And they're like, we just finished the mississippi river oh wow yeah like we started at the top of the mississippi river and now we're here and we've been in these kayaks for like a long time we did like most of the united states Mm -hmm. in these kayaks it was cool anyway it was a cool thing it was a cool moment to be standing where i was standing at least tried it yeah i don't know if he completed it but yeah but it was was wild to be standing there as they pulled up you know dude you like imagine you could just go and hang out at like Wait, I think I have a connecting thought as well. But you could go and hang out at like the end of the Appalachian Trail or the uh, the Pacific Trail or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just witness a bunch of people accomplishing yeah, their goal. Yeah, if you just want to like fill yourself with warmth, you could just go chill there uh-huh. and, and just like, like bring, be there. Like, popsicles or whatever. Yeah, sure. But even just, I'm trying to think of, of where I've encountered this before where you're, oh, airports are oh, yeah, weird yeah. to me. Uh-huh, because you, like, like watch people you're reunite. just chilling and you might just be witnessing like the most beautiful moment in someone's life yeah 
or the most heartbreaking moment in someone's life, but you're just sitting there like, you know, going to a conference, eating a burrito. Yeah. And there's like, you like woke a mommy up being reunited with flight or something with her daughters. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like chilling with your AirPods, like snoozing, laying on the ground or yeah. something. Just, just like pissed that you can't find a charger. Uh-huh. And then there's like a soldier coming home. Yeah, yeah. To the family. And their family's like, oh my God. And it's just what? such a juxtaposition. Yeah. It's like, we're in the same, you're, we're in the same water. Mm-hmm. This is brackish water, is what that is. I know, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was making the connection. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I feel Jeez. like giving people popsicles, like, y- there's people out there who, like, go to the Appalachian Trail and, like, hook people up with Gatorades and stuff. And there's cool. also people who, like, that, go, that's dope s- stand near um like marathons and give people bananas and popsicles and stuff oh yeah cool those people are cool yeah they're like oh it's saturday what are we gonna do oh let's go give stuff to marathon runners yeah like it's a i would never first of all i would never know when the marathon was but second of all like that's never something I would schedule into my day. Like, oh yeah, I gotta go to Sam's Club and buy four hundred popsicles and go give them to the runners of in this marathon. Have you ever run like a like a half or even like a five k? Yeah, I've run five k's. Okay, because like I mean, I let's not say five k because I've run five k's mm-hmm. and I don't have this sense of um, camaraderie. But Hannah, she's run halves mm-hmm. and she has this just strong sense of like camaraderie with runners. And is like all about that kind of thing. Yeah, I like feel like a does, lot of the people who do it are people who like were runners and then like blew out their knee and fat. can't be a runner anymore. Yeah. You know, and so now they're yeah. just like, you know, from each according to his ability to each according to his need with the popsicles. That's it, dude. That's a that's a nice little quote that you packed in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But she like if she can't participate in a race or something, she like has to be there and support like people who are running and it's like this whole thing. Cause it's, you know, whatever. Cool. Um, oh, what was I going to say Deke? Oh, you had me thinking about people who just live life out loud, mm-hmm. you know, like somebody who might be passing out popsicles. Wait, wait. Is at- that a Stephen Curtis Chapman song? <laughs> uh, that would be live out neighbors. Li- get the word out. Yeah. Come on. The music, the the mountain and shout. It's the life we were living. It's either that or like um, Ashley Chris. Simpson no, or something. Steven Chris Chapman. Got it. Okay. It's Steven, definitely Steven Chris Chapman. Um, so, Daniel, these, these live out loud people. That's a deep cut, decal. Good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Live out loud types. Live out loud types. So in, in Disney Springs, there is, so you got Disney Springs. Is that a town? Is that like a company town? You don't know what Disney Springs is? Daniel. Is that brackish water? Dude, Disney Springs, downtown Disney. If I throw that out, anything? It still sounds like a company town. Yeah. This is wild. Um, So Disney has all the parks, you know, in Disney World. And then yes. there's downtown Disney, which is like their Soto Sopa. <laughs> Do you get that reference? <laughs> yes. With it is views literally... of historic Kenny's house. Yes. <laughs> it is literally Soto Sopa. Like town. literally, you go there and the Soto Sopa music, they couldn't afford 
regular like um muzak or whatever and it's just like you just go there and it's like fun like food and dining for it's like <laughs> and there's like singles with their like martinis and you know yeah um it is exactly soto sopa for real um that's disney springs open to the public and it's just a place to come and experience uh young local disney nightlife people. food and dining um yes but it is open to the public, so it's this like it's. But are all the restaurants like owned by Disney? No, no. So it's just There's like a, a mall that an outdoor it's mall like that a, they made. Yes, and you picture it like the way that Disney would do a mall, though. So it's like very like done all those, up. All the trash cans are like designed. Yeah, and like you're like might walk over a bridge of like blue like lit up water in the middle of the night that has like floating lanterns and landscapes, and something might just light on fire or something. Soda Sopa. Um, Soda Sopa. And there's like a whole like shopping strip that has Zara and all of those places, you know? Mm-hmm. You picture it and it's all outdoors. Yep. Why am I saying this? There's a guy in Disney Springs who goes there like every day and he dresses in the most insane clothes and he'll have lights all over him. And he has these like sneakers that are just like flashing lights and everything. He just looks insane and he plays music. He might even just have headphones on. But he plays music and he just dances like a madman for hours and hours every day. Hell yeah. Like this is his is he life. Like, is this like a is this like a um income source for him? No. He's just I just saw him one day. Is he and then I just kept okay. seeing him. Is he which of the following? Uh this is like a checkbox group, not radio buttons. Okay. So like you can check multiple. Great. Thank you. Um which of the following apply to this man? Okay. Um, burnt out deadhead mm. or um, like sort of like a quirky um, how do you, like quirky like uh, the guy with the question mark suit the money man with the question mark suit I don't know what you're talking about oh, come on. Um, okay what kind of guy is this is what I'm saying the second one yeah, he's like he's not like a burnout deadhead. He's not a burnout deadhead. No. Okay. He no. He's just I so don't he's know. Like you don't think there's LSD involved? No. Okay. I don't. He I imagine him saying like this is my drug. You know? Right, right. I'm just high on life. Right. Okay. So yeah. I'm now like I have an eye for this type of person now and now I'm seeing it. So I fish in celebration a lot, which do you know what celebration is, Daniel? Tell me uh, you know what celebration you fish is. in a place called celebration. You don't do celebratory fishing. No, what did I say? You said I fish in celebration, which could oh, mean I like fish in celebration <laughs> of everyday accomplishments. I um, am celebrating Alpine V3 by fishing. Yeah. Do you know what celebration is? Yeah, Celebration Florida. Yes. It's yeah. the Truman Show. It's Disney's Truman Show town. Sure. Which is much less that way now after Disney sold it because it started getting less Truman Show like probably. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But it's still very whatever. Anyway, I go there and fish the ponds and stuff all the time. It's a great time. And there's this guy. There's people walking on all these paths around these lakes. And there's this guy who is dressed in like full. It's hard to describe his suit on an electric scooter that's all lit up and music playing. And he just whizzes by. And you'll just, if you're fishing, you see him whiz by, you think, oh, that's interesting. And then you see him again and you start fishing there every day and you see him every he's single day. He's just there day. to be seen. He's just there to be seen. He has a bunch of lights on yeah. and he's got this like helmet that you can't see any of his face at all. 
he's wearing like almost all black and then just flashing lights everywhere with music playing loudly mm-hmm. and he just rides around these, over and over both of these guys are like extremely divorced right so i don't know i would think but get this <laughs> han and i are fishing we see two of these guys meet there's no. another guy who has an electric bike with lights all over it and music playing and they like meet for the first time and we're just listening to the entire conversation we're like like oh man dude i see you here every day man like oh it's so good to meet you man like Oh man, we should ride together. So they start riding together. Oh, dude, it's a crew. Yes. And they start just and we're just watching them go around the celebration lake in circles. Just riding one after the other. They got their music playing. I don't Are know. They playing I just wanted music to share or is this it with like you. Cla- clashing. Right. No. Yeah, then they left. Then they just split. That's yeah. awesome. Anyway, I like a part of me wants to be that that way. <laughs> I mean, you How could. How fun would that be? You could. You think, Daniel? Yeah, you could ride in celebration. Daniel, I'm sorry to keep hogging the airwaves, but I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Do you know those cars? Because these are other people who live out loud. Those cars that have two front wheels and one back wheel, and they're kind of like open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not really cars. They're like motorcycles. What are they? Like. Yeah, what are they? Do you know anything about yeah, them? Yeah, yeah, Well, I feel like there's a whole category of... This is a, this is a uniquely American proposition. But I think there is a whole category of vehicles that are created for people who got a little bit too hefty to ride a motorcycle. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You know, like like the tricycle Harleys. You've seen mm. those, right? Yeah. I think it's that. I think it's like you like motorcycles, but now you're a little older and a little fatter and you don't, you have a little bit of a harder time riding a motorcycle. It's hmm. like the crotch rocket for the like... people who can't, who don't have the crotch for it anymore. I think you might be right you're probably right yeah. but based on my knowledge of fat people riding motorcycles which i had an uncle who was extremely fat oh and no i definitely for support the right to do it and, and had i had a friend named tiny to, i don't want to be perceived to think perceived as a person who thinks that fat people shouldn't ride motorcycles like i almost feel like more fat people ride motorcycles <laughs> than, than otherwise so well, i attribute this phenomenon to like you get the thrill of a motorcycle. You get the wind blowing in your hair. But you don't it's need totally to actually ride. Open. But yeah, like you can have somebody sitting next to you. You probably won't like die instantly. Probably don't need a motorcycle license to ride it. So right. maybe they're good yes. for renting. Yes. That's probably what it is. They're good for rentals because you maybe don't need that's... a motorcycle license. Because you see them all over the place in it's Florida. Definitely people renting them. Because you're in Orlando, right? Okay. It's, it's tourists yeah. renting them. That's what it is. For sure. Cool. It's like Segway wonder... rentals, but for like the extreme right yep okay all right are there a lot of segway rentals there for sure yeah same here less so these days it's mostly it's more like um motorized scooters Mm -hmm. this is like segway rental city because it's like oh really well it's like a very like touristy city but it's also very hilly so like yeah it's a really good if you're like if you're bringing the fam it's like well what if we got segways for 200 bucks or whatever then we could just ride up these hills yep that's what's up. The first time I was ever in celebration when I was a kid, the first time I was ever on a plane coming to the land of Disney World, we all rented Segways and rode around celebration. I really want... Um, it's a real thing. I really want access to one of the fast Segways. Like, you can only really rent the ones that are slow. And they'll kick you off if you go too fast. Like, yeah. they'll kick you off like a horse. But the thing get, I think like, that's injured. important to know about me is I like going fast. Absolutely. And You're very aerodynamic. Yeah, I can slice through the air like a knife through butter. 
Yes. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'd like a fast segue. And I know they exist. I just am not allowed to have one. Cops got them. Can't you just get like a normal segue and take the governor off? I like still, Google no, it but on I, like... I don't want to buy a segue. That's the problem. I want to ride a segue fast. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Without buying one. Yeah, yeah. That's a tough spot to be in. It's like yep. you want... We were going to talk about RV rentals. You told me to save it for the show. I mean, let's do it. Okay, well, here's the thing. The importance, the important thing is you can't rent an RV. Uh, you can. You can for um, an amount of money that is the same as a hotel. Yes. I. It's extremely stupid. Because Hannah like, and I looked like into it deeply and we're going to do it. But you had to be 20... Some amount of age that we're not. That you're like not 28 now? or something. I don't know. Maybe we looked at it earlier, but it wasn't like a car rental. It wasn't 25. Maybe it was 27 or 28. Or something. Anyway, um, you can rent an RV for like 100 bucks a night. Yep. Which is ludicrous. Because like yep. an RV costs, like assume I want to rent a bad RV, right? I don't want to rent like the, the Kingfisher or what the Kingfisher seven series that has like three TVs and like glowing underlights and shit. Yeah. You know? Right. And like, like it comes with the band with it. Yeah, exactly. That is not the RV I'm looking at renting here. I want to rent like, uh, like an RV. You want to rent like, um, it's got a bed, <laughs> it's got wheels and it's not going to break down in the middle of Idaho somewhere. You want to rent something with like crushed up beer cans on the dash. Yeah. I'm like, totally that's fine the kind that. of, you want to rent something you could cook meth in. I might cook meth in it. You never like know that kind with me. Of RV. You know? All I'm saying is, like, if you want to rent an RV, like, it's $100 a night. Yeah. And if you want to buy that RV, it's $17,000. So, like, yep. do the math. 170 nights of renting this RV out, and they've made their money back. Not including insurance and all this other you know, and the paying the guy who does the rentals and all that. But like, what is going on here? So this is very interesting because I've thought pretty deeply about this because I really wanted an RV for a time. Mm -hmm. My philosophy in life, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but it was my grandpa's philosophy is like rent don't own Mm -hmm. most people because on, on face value renting doesn't add up. It's like, why would I rent and throw away my money when if I bought it, you know, I could pay it off after X amount of times. But I think like if I, if I own an RV. Yeah, I definitely, well, this is the problem. I can't own an RV. Because you don't have the space to park it. Well, like I do, but that, that's all of my space. Right. You have to park it. You have to insure it. You have to own it. You have to repair it. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you have to pay for gas for rentals anyway. Um. But anyway, and it's then, like it's and the then kind of a thing psychological that, burden of just having a, this giant. Yes. Thing. Yeah. And you have to use it to to like to get your value out of it. So I when I think when I do that calculation, I think like, oh, my gosh, like I'd be willing to spend so much money on an RV rental for the two or three times a year. I can live like a person who owns an RV and then I can rent boats and live like a person who owns a boat mm-hmm. and I can rent a condo and live like a person who owns a Florida home. You know, yeah, but the problem here's, I think, the thing with it, right, is like if I was going to rent an RV, I would want to rent it for a month and a half and like tour the country or something, yeah, and like work 
like especially now now this uh you've seen this new satellite internet stuff the elon musk satellite internet i can't wait dude starlink yeah starlink like once you have that you can legitimately be anywhere you can be in your rv in the middle of yosemite on your zoom call doing your daily stand-up yeah you know what i'm saying the thing about rvs that's a bummer that you were alluding to is like well one they're like just as expensive as hotels which is weird yeah two they are to like pay for an rv spot at a koa exactly is not cheap and so this is where the van conversions come in right this is where you start looking at van conversions yes right because you're like okay now i don't need like a blackwater hookup and an electric hookup and all the rv spot things i can stealth camp but you still want it you want That's it, the problem. But like you can. But you don't have to have it every you night. Can you can s- go to the Cracker Barrel and sleep. Yeah, the Cracker Barrel or like a Motel Walmart. Six parking lot or whatever. Yeah. You you can you can sleep. Um. So anyway, I feel like the van conversion is the move. Um. Obviously, all of those are sold because it's COVID. Yep. Everyone bought all yep. of them, so there's none. Um, they don't exist. So you'd have to do it yourself, and I am not going to do that. I'm going to buy a van, start converting it, and it's going to live in my driveway for three years. You would convert it? You wouldn't buy one of the... I'm saying if this is what would happen... Oh, I gotcha. If I went down okay. that road, is I would oh, purchase one, me. start converting yeah. it, and then leave it in my driveway <laughs> for three years, and then sell, try and sell it half converted and lose money. I'll save you the time. I have a half-built teardrop. <laughs> I'll ship it down exactly this is exactly i would turn into caleb porzio except i don't have a dad's garage to put it in so there is a there's a brock porzio in the world who had the same idea except he's somebody who actually like builds stuff all the time for a living and completes projects um so he's working on a a van conversion he's the he lives in denver and he has an apartment but he Uh works on it in the in the parking lot Mm mm-hmm and dude the dude's freaking so he bought this van for like eight or nine grand Mm -hmm. and he gutted the whole thing and he just he finished the like bed system it's so dope like the thing i've watched so many videos dude okay um so he he's like it's a bed system where in the back it's a bed Mm -hmm. but if you like open the back hatches you can can basically like pull the bed up to be like a couch oh cool cool, cool at any back thing you want and all he did was make like he took the so it's the on like rails of, basically like it slides back so it's on sliding rails and uh he took the concept of a beach chair those handles mm-hmm. that like you can unhook one level mm-hmm. and the other level and just he just like got some angle iron and like cut out yeah. like so those, my like, futon behind me is that exact system oh cool yeah so he did that um and whatever he built all the cabinets out and he has like a welder so he can weld he's welding like a whole frame for the thing the floors in um, he's got all the plumbing system and electric. Anyway, it's, it costs a ton of money and takes a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually doing it and his, uh, like on Instagram, it's a very Instagrammy thing to do, mm-hmm. you know? And there's other people in our, in our lives that have, are attempting the same thing. And it's just extremely funny to see that like the failure rate of attempting a project like this is so high. Yeah. So like people just drop off like flies mm-hmm. and he like gains this sick sense of like pride from that mm-hmm. he's the most non-prideful person ever but he's just like you know you know okay like i actually like you know i watch this thing he's like you got to see these people they're like oh today we're gonna paint the the left door handle to try to just breathe some motivation into the project because we really don't want to work on it so 
So today we're like gluing googly eyes on the on the cup holder because they just don't want to do any of it. Yeah. Anyway, it's a real thing. That's it's it's exactly the type of project that I would love about forty percent of it and hate the other sixty percent and never do it. But there are parts of it I would love totally. so much. Yeah. That's the problem. Like you gotta have you gotta make a friend who likes the bad parts. What are the bad parts? I feel like the bad parts are like like I feel like the fun parts are the parts that you can like do well. Like I feel like putting in the insulation mm. and the siding and stuff is like an incredibly sure. good part, you know? Mm. Because it's like the van is empty. You've already stripped everything out. And sure. now you're like, you're working from a clean slate and you're like, ooh, yeah. I put up this nice insulation. I put up this nice siding. The bad parts are like, I'm 60% of the way through the project. I've already built in a ton of constraints for myself. Right. Yes. And now yeah, I need to implement something. And I just realized like, oh, I can't actually the have cabinet the door sink. can't open because exactly. I didn't account for the freaking exactly, whatever. Exactly, dude. Those are the parts that just make you want to blow the van up. Or like... <laughs> Or like, like the guy the who fan the in. guy who blew up an RV outside the AT and T building, you know about he this? was doing yes 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 that's and what like happened. He, we couldn't he figure was out working the on rebuilding that uh, right. that RV. They're like what's the mode if he didn't kill anybody? It's just, <laughs> you found <laughs> he just was like <laughs> God damn it! These cabinet doors will never open. Fuck this van! I'm blowing it up, <laughs> dude. That is hilarious. <laughs> You figured it out. Yeah, I'm smart. Like Everybody that. is looking for the smoking gun. Yeah. Everybody's nothing. looking for the motive. There's, there's it was no just mo- an RV build. It's it just went an wrong. RV. <laughs> it's a guy. <laughs> they start like, like going through the scraps. The guy just realized Everything's halfway 60 through a project time. he had ADD. <laughs> like, we've received. So the, the RV apparently only had 65% of the paneling finished. Uh, they're like profiling the RV. <laughs> it's just a story of a fail. Oh man, there was a lot of sketches. There was a lot of sketches. A lot of lists of lumber that he was gonna buy. Oh man! All right, Dude. the the bomber left a note. It says. I need three two by sixes, two two by fours, and four sheets of eight of uh, four by eight plywood. Uh, that's good, Daniel. That's that's it, man. You figured it out. <laughs> so that's stupid. Oh, that's that, good. That's that's what happens, man. Yeah. This is why we can't have sponsors on this podcast. We can't. This episode is sponsored by Lowe's. Ah, <laughs> oh. that's the thing, man. You want to make money off bitcoins? Be Coinbase. You want to make money off camper vans? Be the guy who you builds want... and sells camper be the, vans. Be Lowe's or that. Yeah, that's perfect. But Just also sell be building guy... materials to incapable people. Here's the way make you... a killing. Here's the guy you really want to be in the camper van industry. Is the guy who buys up people's half-finished camper vans and finishes them and then sells them. Yeah, sort of. But, like, imagine being that guy and getting half-finished camper vans from people who don't finish camper vans. Well, right. But that's you just use that to drive them down on price, right? Sure, right, right. You're like, you're never going to sell this to someone who needs a van. 
Right, right. You're never going to sell this to someone <laughs> who needs a camper needs van. A camper van. <laughs> I am the only person who will ever buy this van from you, and I'm offering you $3,400. Take Dude. it or leave it. I'm out. <laughs> it's true, man. Yo, Brock, Brock just got a career. He did. Just inherit people's half-finished stuff. It's what if you're a person of discipline, like, if you are a person of discipline, there is a huge market in inheriting disabused projects. Oh my gosh. The the teardrop, when I've thought about my exit strategy with the teardrop, it's like, okay, what can I get money for? I think you need a second round of funding. You gotta solve some (laughs) equity in this thing until you're diluted out. (laughs) So I could I could put um I could sell the I could disassemble everything and sell the trailer. Like honestly, it would be so much work to disassemble everything down to the trailer. Like I would want to sell you like here's a trailer with that's fully insulated and is waterproofed on the bottom and has half inch um uh what's it called? Uh what's the tr- oh, half inch birch plywood top that's like finished and really nice. Mm-hmm. Tow your, you know, your wares on it. Yeah. Like, it's the weirdest thing to tow, sell. Tow your expensive show dogs in it. And then all the other plywood and cabinetry that I have that, like... And here's a bunch of scrap wood if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, What do you think the chances are if I literally sold it as, like, a half-finished teardrop? Like, I have the plans. Everything's specked out. You can see the finished model. I have all the lumber. Everything's all cut out. It's ready to go. Like, here. Caleb, how many more thing? hours of work is Way this Way too many, dude. How many? Way too many. Like to... guesstimate. Like five hundred. Five hundred? Yeah. I don't understand like how long how could it possibly take that long to build I that thought thing? I could do it in four weekends. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm a complete idiot. I tried to do it not in four weeks. I tried to do it in like four weeks. Uh-huh. I'm an idiot. It takes so much freaking time. It's on. Are you like ten percent done? Mm, it's it's dude that's like asking are you 10 percent done of like a web app i'm but just answer the question like you know i can only tell you what i have done i can't assign a percent value to it how many story points is this teardrop dude that's the thing man it's like is it 10 percent done by volume of like teardrop no it's more than that i'm crushing it yeah is it 10 percent done by man out you know i don't know Dude. Dude, honestly, you know what you need to do if you ever get psyched about a project? Find a YouTube channel that basically like does video, no time lapses, no time lapses. Good luck. Find a YouTube channel that shows you a build like fully, mm-hmm. and watching that is plenty of discouragement. I that that canoe, I started watching canoe build videos, <laughs> and now I'm like, do I want to build a canoe? Because <laughs> you're just watching the stuff they have to do. Like Dude, just why don't, to, oh why don't man. you and Brock make a deal? <laughs> you just gotta get this teardrop to Brock. Yeah, he would be like, uh, no way, dude, no way in hell. No you chance. Think? If he lived near me, we would do it. We work we used to work on stuff all the time. Uh-huh. But like if I just handed it off to him. No, 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 no. but you can be, be anywhere. Like, no you go to Brock with the teardrop. After the Alpine launch, he would be down. He would love the say, like Brock, brother bonding listen, experience. Bud, I need help. You know why the teardrop isn't finished? Brock because I don't have my Colorado. brother to bail me out. Yeah, 
he's bailed me out of every like car fix I've attempted where I just like pull off something and I'm in deep and the cars just like spewed all over the driveway. I'd be like, yo, Brock. And he'll come over and be like, oh, and he'll take the worst problem that a normal person can't solve. And he'll be like, we got to get the, the oxyacetylene torch Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we got to, you know, take that off and whatever. And I'm, yeah. And he happily will bail anybody out of any project. And he's the reason that the teardrop isn't finished. Yeah. Thank you for Brock. the revelation. Yeah. For the Brock, what a... So here's what, what I'm saying. It. You gotta... You, I just hightail it The thing can roll, Denver. though, right? It can roll safely on a road. For sure. It's just... You can't live it. I just gotta put the bearings back into the wheels. And <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. It, it would roll. Okay. It doesn't suggest going over 50, but it'll roll. Okay. So... And you've got a car that can tow it, right? No. Caleb. <laughs> I just don't have a tow thing. They don't go on the Corollas. All right. For, okay, Caleb. Here's the deal. I'll Sell the your car. Corolla. Buy a Subaru Outback. Perfect. Okay. Yep. Hitch the thing up to your Subaru Outback. Yep. Drive to Denver. Perfect. That's where he lives, right? Denver? Denver. Drive to Denver. Hang out there for a month, and you and okay. Brock knock this thing out in his parking lot. Yeah, or in the you know what? Rent a garage. Lot. You're the you're the king of garage rentals. Or the business doesn't exist yet, D. Cole. It's half started. <laughs> the business, the business to finish the teardrop is is unfinished. <laughs> All right. So step one is. Launch Alpine V3. Step two, right, 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 use right. Alpine V3 to make the website for the garage rental business. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is good. This is good. And then, yeah. And then you get to Brock. Then I get to Brock. Brock will yeah. be Ace in the hole, dude. Ace in the hole. Uh, yeah. It's a done deal. It's too- dude, and then you start your project? Brock doesn't discriminate. He'll bail you out, oh, he'll too. He'll bail me out, too? He'll bail you out too. He really will. So I can drive my like '87 Chevy Astro up to uh. If you just show up up to Denver, honestly, he's like the most guy ever. Like if you just mm-hmm. show up and just be like, "I'm good friends with Caleb," you know, <laughs> my van is in like, a terrible oh, state. <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be like, "All right, let's see what we're dealing with." But the thing is, you have to pay the bra cost. That's the thing. It's not all. It's not all take. <laughs> there's some give any project that he's bailed me out of he the scope increases like crazy like you start you start with that you're gonna have like a steel frame around you're gonna have a roll cage on your car by the time you're finished you'll be like you know we really Can't should make sure it. that it's Can't ready it. for a tornado yeah. and then you go oh Brock, come on man yeah that's the brock cost that's the Brock cost. Literally, we'll be done with Brock stories after this. I wanted to build a little pedestal thing in my room uh, to like put a little fireplace. I just wanted something like six feet tall that would that the fireplace would go on. And I just thought six like this will be simple. Tall. Sorry, six inches tall. Okay. I thought this will be simple. But like when I got Brock involved, he did bail me out. But like we literally framed in the walls, the six inch tall walls, like we framed them with normal framing specifications. It was ridiculous. Like you like, like studs on 16, like 16 inch on yeah. center. We put an outlet in the thing and literally ran electrical. 
it's a little thing and he's like well you know you're gonna want the outlet to be here and he's like well you know by the regulation he's like you want it to, and here's your load bearing six inch wall it's the, it's the price you pay he's like we're gonna need like cement board for the tiling and i'm like dude what are you doing mm. Mm. anyway brock Really, though, you should meet Brock sometime. Of course I should. He's, like, different than every person. <laughs> Good. I He's hate the him most, all. Like, so. He is so unbelievably loving and accepting. He would just... He's, like, the most teddy bear person in, on the planet. Like, I am evil compared to him. Damn. You yeah. are kind of evil. I mean, I'm evil as a normal baseline. Yeah. Compared um, to him, it's way worse. Hey, that was a nice article that GitHub made about you. Yeah, what'd you, you think you're of that? You're the star of the GitHub stage. I thought, what'd you think of that, buddy? Immediately, I thought Hannah took these pictures. Yeah, she did. They paid her. They, they, they paid were like, her? Yeah, they offered to, to like hire a photographer. And I was like, my well, wife's I, a photographer. my wife's hire one. Her. And they were, they were like, oh, send us her info. So it was a totally normal deal. Like She sent him a contract. She charged him her normal rate. Yeah. I like the and one but, of you and the, yeah. you and the bibs. Yeah, they were like, we want a few. They had it all specced out. They were mm-hmm. like... Here we want a shot of um they they sent her these specifications of all the shots they wanted. We want like a a landscape full width shot where you where he's standing and is full, you know whatever. We want a half body shot, we want a portrait this shot, and it even was like, you know, where I should be looking and everything. Um and then uh and then they were like and we want like a lifestyle shot, something of like him in his natural habitat. Um and then we want uh like a desk shot. Oh, by the way, the desk shot, speaking of projects, I didn't realize you had that like keyboard tray with your ergo docs in it like that. Yeah. That's cool. I finished that one. Yeah. (laughs) That was a finished woodworking project. Yeah. Super simple. I was like, why I'm stressing about buying a keyboard tray. They're always loosey goosey and annoying. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're insanely expensive. I was like, I could literally just drill some plywood together. Yep. And I love it. Charlotte was like, ooh, his desk is so neat. And I was like, he was getting his picture taken for GitHub. He cleaned up. <laughs> Dude, come on. Like, if you know me a tiny bit, <laughs> you know that's totally fabricated. Nice big speakers, I, too. What are those speakers? I don't know. They're like um kick they're uh like big wire cutter like best speakers big, you can have ever. Big. I don't know. I like them. They're really nice. Yeah. I yeah. Th- yeah, I, that was an awkward picture because it was so difficult to take in my it was so difficult to take that picture without showing all the cables mm-hmm. and without showing like shitty parts of the room, you know, mm-hmm. shitty um, pot town, <laughs> city walk. There is literally a place that the Disney Springs equivalent in Universal is called city walk. Mm-hmm. How do you go to city walk and not constantly be saying shitty walk? Come on. Like, what were they doing? <laughs> But yeah, so Daniel, they tell us these pictures. I decide lifestyle picture, fly fishing. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, that's the end of that story, really. Cool. Yeah. And they used it. It was a nice But they were, like, they were like... Uh, you promoted the show. I appreciate it when you promote the show. Did I? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so here's the thing. They interviewed me. Mm-hmm. And it was like a over... I think it was a Zoom interview or something, but it was like a vo- ver- verbal interview, but they took notes or like played it back, you know, sure. and then wrote it all out. Um. It was my first experience with like, oh, people take the things you say and focus on something that they want to market. And it feels weird. Mm. Like, 
they the first draft that they sent me was uh mostly like the big focus was like transparency and salary transparency and i'm like did i even mention that yeah yeah like if i did i probably just offhandedly was like oh yeah and like me and daniel and whatever and salary transparency but like that's not it that's not my thing Mm -hmm. like that's i do not want to be branded as the The guy salary transparency guy yeah (laughs) like i'm liable to make a company that doesn't do that Yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah, so I, I, I like sent them like, hey, you know, I think it would be great if we could shift the focus here to whatever. I could just tell that like they were gunning for a specific type of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, But it, it did work out and they let me edit. There were like five or six rounds of edits and a bunch of people got involved and you like do a pass and then they yeah, pass yeah. It back. It's a whole thing. But crazy. I thought it was really nice. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to read it and I don't know. They- I didn't. I didn't. I guess it's hard to say this, especially if somebody from GitHub is hearing it, but like, I don't know. I just read it and I, I'm a cringing in a few parts of it, so I don't like it. Huh. I That's thought why it was I nice. didn't even, I didn't even retweet it when they sent it out. They told me to share it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this GameStop stuff's taking up some airspace. I'll wait it out. And then I forgot. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I didn't even like, how do you even tweet about it and be like, hey, they wrote an article about me. So I just hit retweet and mm-hmm. whatever. That was it. Um, what are you saying? But yeah, I thought it was nice because it like tied together the like i think the narrative is actually like even though like this isn't the narrative naturally to you i think they did hit on a real narrative which is that like your need to like have a form of income that wasn't from a job was strongly tied to those feelings of like i'm at a job i feel like i'm not getting paid that well i feel like i don't have a lot of autonomy like and like i feel like that's the story they're telling right like to me like i think those things do connect together where it was like, hey, like, we, like, me and you sitting at Titan Onsite or whatever, and you're like, wait, you're making that? I'm only making this. And then you go get the raise, right? That story they tell at the beginning. Daniel, you are frozen to me, and now you are back. Oh. Continue. Sorry. Well, I was just saying, like, the story they open with is the story of, like, me and you were sitting at Titan Onsite, and I tell you I make more money than you. And then you go leverage yes. that into a raise, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, that is, like, a foundational part of Caleb cannot have a boss anymore, right? Like, that leads directly into the, like, dude, I can't be doing jobs and, like, having bosses and yeah, doing it does lead into annual some reviews sort of awakening. where I'm, like, arguing that I deserve more money and stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. and so you're just, that is what led you out into the world. And then out in the world you were like dude i can't be like selling courses like as my main source of income and Mm -hmm. you know like all this stuff like let me just jump on this github sponsors thing and like find a way to like generate a living from like people just give me money because they like what i do yeah you know yep um so i think those things are tied together nicely because it's like like even down to this the point of the like uh like you mentioned that like the value i provide is not stickers it's the work that I do, right? Yeah. And yeah. like, even that is like sort of tied up in this sort of movement that you've been on of like recognizing the value of your work, dissociating the actual economic value of your work from like, what can I get you to give me for this, right? Like n- having to negotiate with people to get that money, right? Like you don't negotiate... <laughs> for your money at this point really dude what in the 
Yep. Anyway. That's hey, all. Dude, my internet is like slow to a crawl. Oh, man. Well, we this, can just it wrap it up. freaks me out because I have to do Laricon online from this place. I know. I just get so freaked out um, when it's bad. I was on a call like a week or two ago and it just stopped and the internet was gone the entire day. Mm. And I doesn't uh, feel good knowing that I have to do the thing from this but I heard most of what you said and that's good to hear um, yeah the things that, that are hard for me is that like that title of, of like um, maintainers pay the cost or something like that like yeah. open source is free it is true but I guess when I hear it played back to me it just sounds like 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 I'm angry or yeah or but you're not I feel like you're something. not and it doesn't sound like you are if I'm you not read the article Good. So I don't know. I had to, I did a lot of toning down in the edits mm-hmm. to, to be like, well, and I don't, if I said it this way, like it definitely came out better with my voice than on paper. Yeah. And maybe that's just the way I talk, but I, I definitely made a lot of strong statements and wanted to like backpedal from them mm-hmm. if it's going to be in an article. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, I don't write that way, mm-hmm. but I definitely speak that way. So anyway. Yeah. And I think you and I both speak kind of like these like hypothetical things where it's like, now here's an idea. What if a yeah, bunch right, of strong right. statements? Yeah. Okay, well, actually, now that you think of it, you know, like yes, like we we make a strong statement and then qualify it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Dude, I don't want to end it, but we are at two o four. Two o four? Really? Yeah, we're we're over two. Dude, we blew through that. We did. It was a good one. It was really fun. Yeah. Really fun. Really fun. All right, cool. Deke, Medeke. All right, well, so what do I stop first, the YouTube or the audio? Starting the, uh, stopping well, the first, audio first. So. First, we cue the outro music, and it goes like this. Oh, right, right, yeah. One, two, bomb, bomb out. <laughs>